1: This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. They both come in giftable boxes, with savings up to $46 and free shipping for a limited time. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for
0: details. We're going to welcome uh, a man who played over. Can you just get my little book? So I've got my assistant here. He's, he's, he's passing my little my little books i like to make notes as we're going along um he played you know he made 195 appearances um for west ham across six years scored 18 goals um in my words the last the last true winger in the truest sense that west ham ever had it's mr matty effington he says there he is hey how you doing matt
1: i'm good thank you how are you mate
0: very well thank you an absolute pleasure thank you so much for coming on it's really really nice of you and i appreciate your time doing this man um we'll have a giggle we'll have a giggle obviously yeah always particularly with west ham um basically you know the the whole idea of what we do is is to find out more about about your your experience at west ham obviously you i've seen you on on you know hammers chat and things like that but it's always great to um to talk to you First hand, and hopefully, we'll have a few questions at the end and stuff like that as well. And, and we've got the prize raffle, everybody, so make sure you donate for over 9,000 quid. So let's get to 10,000 by then. Of talking to Matty, it'd be lovely, thank you very much um, for iron supporting through back. Matty, um, obviously, you know, uh, six years at West Ham, you know, almost a 200 appearances. Um, how did it all begin? How did the, the track, because obviously, you, you joined in sort of, we just got relegated and then you, you joined us what what was the story behind that sort of the transfer
1: it was a weird one to be honest with you um a bit of sp- uh, spurs for, for three and a half years and, and things weren't working out so West Ham coming in for me they wanted Freddie say so um it was, it was basically kind of sw- a swap deal with Freddie going the other way and, and uh, a bit of money on top of Freddie obviously because he's a better player than me at that time so um, once I knew West Ham were involved, it was, it was a no-brainer for me. West Ham in the Championship at the time, just got relegated. And um, I jumped at the chance. See, it was across the roads in, in many respects. Yeah. Speak, and I just, I wanted to stay in London. I love London. I was embracing the area, and that's how it came about.
0: Yeah, I know. That's the thing: from Tottenham to, Tottenham to, to West Ham, it's not yeah, massive. Yeah, it's
1: strange. Yeah. But it's
0: yeah,
1: not. It, but, it, it, go on, sorry.
0: No, I was about to say, it's not like a massive, like geographically massive as well. You know, I, li- I live in Essex. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's just as quick to be to get to West Ham as it is to get to Tottenham. And yeah. so uh, well, at least your family yeah. would stay in the same place. Yeah,
1: when, when you live in certain areas, I was, I was living in um, Wolfram Abbey at the time. And yeah. it, of course, there's it's no distance really, like no, um, no difference in the, in the way you go to training, uh, training times or go to the stadium. So it, it worked well for me. Um, And I spoke to Glenn Roder, who was manager at the time. I went to his house and and spoke to him. And um, unfortunately, three or four months later, he he left the club. But um, when I spoke to him at his house, he was brilliant. He was fantastic. And uh, it just felt like the right move at the right time. And in the end, it worked out that it was the right move.
0: Was you you not a little bit like, because obviously we'd just been relegated. And so, you know, it was like obviously you're at Tottenham where if Premier League he's going to the championship were you obviously confident that you know West Ham had enough to to bounce back basically of course
1: I did and, and yeah. the first day I went um to the stadium to sign I knew how big the club was and that is yeah. is genuine it was um you could tell by the drive down Green Street and, and just the drive down surrounding areas I make sure I drive down uh, surrounding areas afterwards and
0: Sure.
1: the club was huge. It, yeah. And you could tell that it's going to the stadium and the Bobby Moore stand, et cetera, the chicken run, as it was used to call. Um, it was just a stadium steep in history with unbelievable, unbelievable players that have gone through that football club. And yeah. it just felt like the right move. And, and that's, that's the reason I made the move.
0: Yeah. And, 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 and you know, sort of the rest was, was history really. I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, I think, was it, did you, was it four managers you play under at West Ham? Technically. That, think, yeah, yeah, that, it may have been more. So it was Glenmodo, Trevor Brookin, Pardew, Curbishly so, Zola, yeah. five. Yeah, yeah, more one large, hand. Yeah. I forgot about Curbs. God bless Curbs. Yeah. I could do with a couple of Curbs seasons at the moment. Yeah. Too much squeaky bum time for my liking. Um, but yeah, there were five managers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that must have been a lot. But, you know, you, you played, apart from obviously Zola where it was towards, towards the end, really, before you went to Stoke, mm. but you were a regular for every manager, really, wasn't it?
1: I was to a certain extent, yeah, especially in, in the first three years. I feel like I played my best football, yeah. um, especially in the Championship, without a doubt, um, under Rhoda for his first tenure, um, for, for, for his first few months, and triple him for however long he was in charge. And then Pardew, <coughs> excuse me, was, was brilliant for me. Um, and we had some really a good couple of years there. And then Coventry come in, he sees things differently, which is fine. It happens in football. Yeah. It's not an issue. Um, and then Zola come in and really warmed to me at the start which which was which was really good but you know those first few years at West Ham were were really really good and really special to me
0: and I mean yeah I mean yeah I mean those first obviously we I mean your first season was you won Ham in the year wasn't it and I mean what's that like you know to win to like obviously you know you've come in you know you must have obviously known about Whole West Ham Tottenham thing, um, and and then but to come in and then end up being like voted, you know, the fans' play of the year must be absolutely fucking amazing. To be honest,
1: yeah, I still say it to this day. It's probably the, one of the biggest achievements I've had in my career. Really? When I looked at those names on that trophy, um, when I received the re- the reward, it was it took me aback a little bit. I'll be honest with you.
0: Yeah,
1: um, there's some unbelievable players steeped in history. Involved with the football club that that were on that trophy, and to get that award was was really really humbling and, and something I'll never forget. To be honest with you, I'll never ever forget.
0: No. and I mean, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, to be honest, there's, there's particularly some of your goals. You know, people talk about the Ipswich goal in the in the in the, the first semi final of the first lot of playoffs. Um, you know, I think there's people still talk about that goal. You know, I was I was doing an interview, you know, doing the Hammers 11 to the, the other day and. And that came up and you forget about that goal and i watched it again afterwards and
1: i, you, I don't think i don't forget about that goal no chance no, no. it is it, one of them where i've said it before on um Abraham's channels and, and uh websites that i'll be honest with you it's one of them goals where i watch it back time and time again yeah i really do because it gives me probably my top three feelings in my career, the best feelings in my career. Um, the feeling I got from scoring that goal uh, at Upton Park, in front of Bobby Moore, um, in that kind of game, under the lights, early evening, and watching it back and seeing the fans the react the way they did was just really, really special. I don't think I've, I felt it at the time. <laughs> I don't realise now, I didn't realise at the time, how big it was and, and how much it meant to me. Not not just the fans, how much it meant to me as well.
0: Yeah. It was one of those days, I mean, people still talk about that game as, you know, in terms of atmosphere. And like, even now, when you're talking to people, oh yeah, it was a good game. Uh, yeah, the crowd were good, but it wasn't as good as that Ipswich game. And they still talk about the Ipswich game, even mm. now, about, about that atmosphere. What's it like going through the playoffs being a foot being a player going because obviously from a fan it's fucking nerve-wracking but from a football yeah. you know it's like knowing what is at stake it must be absolutely must be terrifying <laughs> really it is
1: yeah it is and we had the owners come into to us and and um come to the training grounds that week and then you realize how big it is but you've got to embrace it you've yeah. got to um get on with it and step up. And that's what I felt like we did. Obviously, we lost in the final against Crystal Palace, but the next year we went up. Yeah. Um, but those games are what make you as a player, make you or break you, so to speak. So um, that night, even though we got B in the final, yeah. I still wouldn't forget. And obviously, moving forward, we are up the next year, but they are nerve-wracking games, very yeah. nerve-wracking games. I wouldn't want to go through them many times as a player because you know what's at stake. Yeah. And you obviously at stake for the football club, ultimately. And that, that's what matters more than any fans in the football club.
0: And that's what I mean. It's like for you, you've you, you got to think, you know, obviously, you know, around the football club, you've got the tea lady, you've got Betty, the tea lady, you've got course, you know, yeah. Ed, Eddie, the kit, mat. you've got all these guys. And you're thinking, yeah. if we don't, you know, if we don't do it. The first, mm. particularly the second time, the first time I think it was all new, you know, obviously, I mean, I, I still have nightmares of, of that game because i can just see i could just close my eyes and see a wall of yellow shirts jumping singing glad all over we were just talking about it just now with the guys beforehand um i i, I still refuse to play that if i ever do a if i ever dj at a wedding and someone asks for that as a request i still don't play glad all yeah. over because it still bites me um but yeah i mean then there's then obviously the relief and obviously your pass your cross with bobby in the second in the second final um scored the goal yeah, and, I know. I was, and, and that
1: was it, felt like huge redemption to be honest. Like that, yeah. the relief from that game, I can't tell you <laughs> how it yeah. works. We Can you imagine if we'd have got beaten that game or not gone yeah. you know, not gone up? Um, no. I dread to think where West Ham would have been because at that time the club was struggling financially, it, yeah. it wasn't yeah. a bad place, so um, it was a big game, and Bobby done the business, and on the day. I felt like we were the better team. I thought, look, like we were the better team against Bristol Palace, but mm. it's all about goals, and they're always tight games. You see, you've seen it this year, and under lockdown, they're tight games. Yeah. They're really tight games in in playoff finals. So that, that's just the way it is. But you've got to really stick with it, and and you know, get on with it. Really, and it, it's very, very nerve wracking.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. It's just yeah. I right. mean, yeah, yeah. nerve wracking for you. They're wracking for the other. It's cool. Yeah, probably
1: more nerve wracking for the fans than it is for us. But it's still nerve wracking. Oh yeah, me. it's
0: horrible. Yeah, it must be horrible. Yeah. It's it's more pressure for you, isn't it? It's nerve wracking yeah. for us as a fan, but for you knowing that you've got forty odd thousand people there, plus every million, you know everyone yeah. else back at the club. It must be yeah. awful. But I mean, you know the relief as you said, it goes through, and you know did you all celebrate in, in Cardiff that night or, or did you have to all no we went back, back to... to
1: London went back to yeah. London and celebrated there um, but we had a young squad and I've said this before that that helped us because when it's the Premier League season after that and we were young we were fresh we had to and we did that Fair that first season in the Premier League we were outstanding with, oh, with the young players we had unproven players in the Premier League I had a point to prove a lot of them as well. Um, and we did that in that first season in the Premier League. I thought we were outstanding and, and really um took it to teams on the front foot, played some good football and scored lots of goals.
0: Yeah, no fear. you seemed no, no fear. No fear exactly
1: that, yeah. That was that was it in a nutshell, no fear.
0: And you get that, don't you? For the some teams who go up. I've got a feeling it might be with Fulham this year, where mm. it's a younger side. And they're playing with no fear. Whereas, mm. you know, an established team, maybe that's, you know, like a West Brom, who's bounced a little bit, they still have the fear of going back down because they've all experienced that recently. So they've got yeah. that. But Fulham have as well to be fair.
1: Do you know what I think the key is? I think the key is that you stick or you trust that squad that's got you to so that. Yeah. And you go with it a little bit and you ride it and you add a little bit of quality. Um, you look at Fulham the year they went up couple of years ago, they spent 125 million. Um it didn't work. Mm. It kind of the, the balance of the squad wasn't right and it set the wrong tone to the rest of the squad that got them into the Premier League. I think what Alan Padge done well to be fair to him, he kept that young squad that he had, he had some quality, but we were young, we were hungry and we wanted to prove ourselves in the Premier League. And I think that's that's a key element to surviving in the Premier League. Moving forward, then after that, you've got one, two years in the Premier League, three years maybe, and you've got to build that and keep going. But those first one, two, three years is really key.
0: It's similar to obviously Sheffield United this season, wasn't it? It was like, yeah, exactly. And Wolves, yeah, example. obviously, it was yeah. before, but yeah, Sheffield United this year, it, it seems you're right. The teams that don't spend a crap load of money and have a nucleus of people who have played together for a whole season or a couple of seasons, you know, working their way up, you just have that togetherness as well, that bond. Yeah, and dude. I mean, and i mean not only would you did we do really well in the league but obviously FA cup final uh, hello mm. you know like that was just the culmination of that season you know it's like what what i mean what, what's it like to walk out and and play in, in you know be involved in an FA cup final I mean well, bearing in mind
1: sorry go on sorry go
0: on you carry on man you carry yeah, on no, right so.
1: Bearing in mind we've been in the million stadium two years before. yeah yeah which is crazy when you think about it. We could have been at Wembley, but the Millennium Stadium was a very nice stadium as well. But um, it was a boyhood dream of mine, I'll be honest, and it's very cliche, but it was. I remember watching the helicopter fly over the team bus on the way to the stadium. I remember all of that as a kid, and I always thought to myself, I want to play in an FA Cup final, and that was my first, and It was surreal. I didn't really take it all in, my first cup final, I'll be honest, because I was so nervous. And I got a good three weeks before, Christian Daly done me in training, got a bad ankle injury. So for those three weeks leading up to the cup final, I was purely focused on getting fit for that cup final. And Alan Alan Pardew said to me, if you're available and you tell me you're okay, you're going to play the game. So that was my sole focus. I couldn't enjoy the build-up. The press and getting the suits done, and all that. My sole focus every single day was um, Mm. making sure I was ready for the final. Mm. Uh, Of course. So I loved loved walking out at the Millennium Stadium. It, It was amazing, but I didn't really take it all in. And the first half an hour, as everyone knows, was amazing. Yeah. We completely dominated the game in many respects. And two Tuno up, and then that goal just before half-time probably rocked us a little bit. Um, but we we had a team that believed, like I, I went back to earlier. Mm-hmm. We believed in ourselves. Even though player to player, we weren't as good as Liverpool. The likes of Gerrard and Cissé yeah, yeah. and Crouch and obviously Carragher, etc. We believed in what we were doing, and that is a key aspect in football. Um, that goal just before half time probably rocks a little bit and then conch obviously gets the cross come shot goal and um yeah it is what it is, it is what it's it is. still hard to take um yeah even, it, even now to be honest i i yeah. i, I struggle to talk about it because <laughs> you know winning the FA cup would have been or well, it is a dream of mine and it didn't yeah. happen
0: no it didn't happen and obviously yeah, it is one of it was, it was the weirdest game as a fan ever because you left thinking you'd won. Because yeah. and then we were good
1: we, on the day. We were, we were we awesome. Really well. we, you know, yeah.
0: And and when, when you play to such a standard and, and you play I mean you're right, that first half hour off the part we were, we played them off the part. They just didn't get out of mm-hmm. the gates. And I think the biggest the biggest disappointment for us was thinking about it afterwards was Obviously, that obviously we played them in in the league, didn't we? And then, you, then obviously, Hayden yeah. and, and and Garcia yeah. had a bit of a ruck. Garcia yeah. not playing for Liverpool was yeah, but Hayden was crucial, really, for our team. You know, it made it tick. And I think that was a huge. We had to them, it didn't work as well. But I mean, he was a great player. But when you leave when you leave the pitch, when you leave the game, and you're walking back through Cardiff, and you know loads of scousers are coming up to you shaking your hand and saying you should have won that we we did we were you now you were robbed and it's like yeah we, yeah we know we are but it's nice of you to acknowledge that but uh yeah and we've no, had, we were. I mean, yeah we were we were totally robbed but nice.
1: um yeah yeah i don't like talking about it that much you,
0: yeah, I know. We'll just keep talking about the Ipswich goal, because that was really good. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep talking about the Ipswich goal, because that was brilliant. And, um, and everyone and loads of comments of people coming in, saying how much they, uh, they still, you know, it was hairs at the back of their neck and everything. It was, it was incredible. Now, obviously, you know, and then someone made a, made a point in the, in the comments, Matty, could it, did you play under Kevin Keane as a caretaker manager?
1: not as a caretaker
0: no cuz right. cuz uh, no. Kent, ha- Kent Hammers who's like my my sort of unofficial fact checker made a point in the yeah. comment section he went to check but and i don't think he did but no he i don't did. believe i did no no that would have uh, been sick, Kent, Kent been sick.
1: With, um Alan Pardew's assistant
0: yeah
1: uh, alongside uh Peter Grant yeah and
0: then Kirk um, took over after that so yeah yeah no, no. I, I, I don't believe no Kent Hammers that. you are wrong probably you are I wrong. might be wrong but no. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're the who yeah. played, so I, don't... Yeah, no, I, I don't believe I did, but <laughs> it maybe. was it was nearly 200 appearances, mate. Which, yeah. it's, it's quite a few. Yeah. That's the most you played for any club, wasn't it? Going through, i think yeah, It's not yeah. close to
1: Stoke, to be fair. I had yeah. five and a half years at Stoke as well, but yeah, West Ham the most appearances.
0: Yeah, yeah. and 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 it, and it's it's clear. We I mean, obviously not not just today, but obviously when we spoke when I've heard you on other other shows. How much, you know, the club meant to you, how much a fan, how much you know, you loved your time at West Ham, obviously playing and stuff and
1: without a doubt. Um yeah. I've said I've said it a lot of been retired now, nearly God, nearly six years, six years in October. Yeah. Um I just fell in love with the club, everything yeah. that it represents. Um and it helped me out, definitely. Because yeah. at that time when I I left Spurs, um, I was trying to find my way in the game, even though I was a decent enough player, but it gave me my grounding, it gave me my home, and just the people in and around the training grounds, the fans, um, the way they are, how honest they are, because I'm, I'm the same, I'll be honest with you, mate. I'm an honest person, and I'll if, if I don't agree with something or um, I've got something to say, I'll say it, and that, that's exactly yeah. the West Ham um, the way the West Ham fans are and I, I can relate to that and I, I like that um, but they're ridiculously loyal and yeah. again that's me in a nutshell and that's why I love West Ham yeah,
0: yeah. So, and, yeah. and I think as a winger particularly you know and also as a full as, as full backs as well you have a special bond with the chicken run and and yeah. uh, just because you're closer to the, than anyone else so um, yeah. and I think that's and I said when, when I'm they introduce I think you know the your position that what what that you know when you could just literally knock it past the fullback, beat the man and, and cross it in or, or bring it in yourself that's a sort of a lost start i think in the game now I think everything's i really think that old wing play is is a bit old you know it's, it's all about cutting inside and and I don't like that it no.
1: is it's a dying breed um and I'm coaching now I've been coaching my third season but, and there's not that many players that do that anymore. No. But that's just the way the game's going. Yeah. And then I think as a coach or as a fan, you've got to adapt to that. Yeah. Uh, I was a dying breed, 100%. That was my game. I'd, I'd work for my team defensively and help my fullback out. Um, but also, I'd like to try and get on the outside of my fullback and try and beat him or go inside when it happens or get movement off him or whatever. Yeah. and um give them a problem but nowadays it's it's a lot lot more tactical i, I think that's the way the game's gone
0: yeah it is but it, it can be such a simple game you know it's like if you had like you know, yeah and i just think i don't know i'm just i've I'm, always I'm said like, it mate, i've always
1: said it said, yeah it's genius yeah and it is yeah. um but my kind of player and out and out wingers are definitely a dying breed um whether it's a good thing or a bad thing who knows only time to tell
0: Time speaking of players, speaking of players, let's do your hammers eleven. So, you know, every so everyone we've had hard, by the way,
1: this is really
0: It is, hard. It is really hard. But yeah. everyone we've had on the team, uh everyone I had on the channel, we've had hundred and sixty odd guests in we've been around for about like four months, so it's got a bit mental. Um and everyone we've had uh, as has picked and devon, bar Mr Redknapp, Mr H Redknapp, and Ian Bishop. Um, they didn't pick an eleven. But everyone else has. And so with, with the players, we like to pick an 11 of, of the best players you played with okay. during your time at West Ham. So, you know, you had six years. So you had a yeah. lot of ins and outs as well and a lot of yeah. young players and, and old veterans. It'd be quite interesting to, to go through it. Um, uh, And... Uh, oh, okay. Kent Hammers admits he might be wrong about, about oh, really? Kevin Keane. Kevin okay. Keane, apparently. Sorry, uh, it was Kevin... It was caretaker... At, West Brom away, if memory serves. We lost 3-2 to, like... I think it was before Franco took over, but I'm probably wrong. OK,
1: maybe he's right.
0: Maybe he's right. Maybe. Mm, don't yeah. make him... No, right. no, he, he might beat... be
1: right. He might be right for that one game. He beat, he beat I can't me... remember at the that. I'm sorry. He
0: beat me at a West Ham quiz the other day, and I was gutted. Um, but he is like Mr... You know, Mr. Yeah. West Ham. Well,
1: he's, so he's pretty, right then,
0: mate. Yeah, all right, fair enough. But it was a, if it was one game, it's like you mean two hundred. <laughs> Not being funny, it's like you know, zero point five percent of your yeah. win. Way- I've done the maths. Zero point five percent of your West Ham career. Um, right. Okay. So uh, yeah, it is tricky. It is tricky doing your eleven, but it's it's all a laugh. And um, and you know, it, and you can you can say notable mentions if there's people you thought. No, oh, I've, I've got, got, I've got,
1: got notable mentions. <laughs> I mean,
0: um, right. <laughs> All right, let's, let's start off in goal then, Matthew. Who have we got in goal for you?
1: Okay. Um, so I've gone for Rob Green.
0: Green, out, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, just a very, very steady Eddie. A strange bloke, don't get me wrong.
0: So I've heard, yeah.
1: Very different, but obviously got his England caps and, and play for England, but um, would very, very, very rarely make a mistake. And I think that's what you want from the goalkeepers. Is not to make mistakes. Obviously, we had Shaka, Jimmy Walker, who for six months was very, very good, mm. fantastic, and a brilliant bloke as well, by the way, um, and Roy Carroll. But for me, an overall keeper, you've gone mistakes and. Etc. cetera, and longevity, Rob Green would be the
0: one for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah, by all accounts, uh, an interesting character, very different. Yeah, um,
1: that's pretty likely. Yeah,
0: yeah, very different. But uh, although I love his haircut, his lockdown haircut, I mean, he looks yeah. like sort of Seamus from WWE. But a nice Actually, bloke
1: at the same time. He's different, but he's a nice bloke. He's yeah. a nice bloke.
0: Yeah. All right, Okay. Um, we're going to play a four-four-two, or no, we're it's going like... four-three-three.
1: Three. We're, four, go, we're, we're going One and two in midfield. So it's holder and two in front, and Ooh. the three up front.
0: You can tell you're a coach yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Okay. Yeah. Let's go left. Let's go. Uh, let's go left back then.
1: Left back. is it, only one. Only one person for me is Paul Konchesky. Yeah. Um. I had my best time with him as a player. Um. We were even really talking about it. Beforehand or after, obviously work on it in training, but we knew what each other wanted from our games. And, and Conch was um, a, a very good, very good fullback. Oh, for me, we spoke about earlier and the way I played, I want to go out, outside of people and take them on and be positive. Um, for me, when I had fullbacks and they were trying to overlap me and congest me in 2v2, it, it used to drive me mad thinking, Leave me alone, let me leave in 1v1. I'll do yeah. my stuff. And Conch wouldn't do that. He'd know the right time to do it and the right time to not. So that's why Conch is a um, left back.
0: Yeah. And obviously, that's so, that's sort of, you know, your, your part in crime. It, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. critical, isn't it, for your success? Um, yeah, it really is. All right. Let's go. Let's go right back then. Let's go to the other side. Who've got the other side, Matty? One Lucas Neal. Oh, Lucas Neal. Yeah. Good player.
1: Very good player and an even better captain.
0: Mm, but uh, yeah.
1: That season, we stayed up under Alice Ker- Adam Kerbishley. He was the key for me. Mm. Um, knew how to manage people, knew how to manage personalities and a very good player at the same time. He was the right person at that right time to, obviously alongside Kerbs and that, you got to give them credit, but Lucas was integral to that. He really mm. was. I can't emphasise that enough. And a very good footballer and a good bloke. So Lucas Neal for me at right back.
0: Yeah, no, we've had other, other players of, of your your era and, and they've, and they've yeah. spoken, like Anton, and they've, they've spoken about him as a yeah. as a man. And to be honest, stuff that, you know, and that's what I love about this, this type of show is you hear like little stories and Anton tells the story of when, when Lucas called a, a team meeting and yeah. basically shut Kerbs and Mervyn Day out. Yeah. We and all uh, went
1: out for lunch and just yeah. had a, a chat with each other. You know, obviously, these things happen um, still now, but just at the right time, the right place. He'd pull individuals at the right time in the right place. Mm-hmm. He speak to them. Um, he just had. He was a natural leader,
0: natural mm-hmm. leader of that. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, Lucas Snills in centre backs. Who's your first centre back then?
1: Danny gabardon
0: Oh, Gabs. Yeah. Good old Gabs. Have you, been um, watch, have you been watching his, uh, his Instagram? Uh, he's been doing his his, uh, his DJ sets from his loft. Yes,
1: I have, yeah. Gabs, <laughs> obviously, through Gene, James Collins, I still yeah. speak to Gabs now and again. And um, when he first joined, obviously he had his injury problems with his back like I did, but Gabs was a, a Rolls-Royce of a centre-half. Um, yeah. I just wish he'd had more longevity in his mm. career. But
0: yeah.
1: at that time... At West Ham, I thought he was outstanding. I really yeah. did. Thought well, he read the game brilliantly. He was quick. He was strong in the air. He could read things. He could he could bounce in front and nick things off off um off attackers. I, uh, a very, very good player. So yeah. Gabby would definitely be my centre
0: half. Sure. And who's he gonna partner then?
1: So this is where I had a little bit of um conflict because obviously James Collins is one of my best mates and yeah. So still speaking to him all the time and I'm, I'm seeing him tomorrow so he'll probably get the ump. But <laughs> I had to go purely because of their relationship, Danny Gabadon and Anton Ferdinand together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought at that time, obviously it was a, probably an 18-month, two-year period, but they complemented each other brilliantly. Mm. So therefore, that, that's why I'm going with them too. And Anton, had a, he had a lot of ability. Anton. Again, to Gabs, they, they were very similar in the way they played. Mm. Um, very good airily, Anton could play on the floor, and, and he was quick enough, and he was strong enough. So that that little jewel that they had at that time was brilliant for West Ham.
0: He did, yeah. And it was always—I mean, you know—in that period, it always seemed that like it was Anton plus Gabs or or Ginge, wasn't it? Yeah. Really. Yeah. And um, obviously, Ginge came back and, and was, a, yeah, it was Ging,
1: incredible. Evolved, didn't he, as a player? But I yeah. think at that time during my career, those two were probably the best.
0: Oh I mean the best I mean you know in hindsight the best thing Ginge did was go to Villa because he yeah. seemed to be under Richard Dunn he came back and he came yeah. back as a as what I call a West Ham player he had a skinhead and yeah. a beard he just would yeah. he was just like he was a different player you know and um oh, yeah. he was yeah and, uh, oh well he won't be too happy I won't, no, won't that, okay, I, it's I, I won't man. yeah yeah exactly yeah. I, I won't mention it to him but he can come on and and not put you in his team so that's fine Exactly. You won't
1: good. do, though. You won't put me in. No, no chance. No chance. No, no, it's all good. Yeah, we're yeah, all good.
0: friends. You, you're playing golf tomorrow? Or what are you doing tomorrow? No, I'm working tomorrow. We play golf on Wednesday, so yeah, it'll, it'll remind me then. That's the one thing I've noticed more. You know, I, I always thought that golf, you know, footballers play golf, yeah, whatever, but you all fucking do. It's like, it's really yeah. funny. Yeah. It's a release. That's all yeah. I'm say. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Right, okay, let's go into let's go into uh, midfield then. Let's go right. with left with left midfield. Who are we gonna put in left midfield, Matthew efferson
1: So left and three in midfield.
0: Yes, you have yeah, because you have three, okay. yeah. I thought you'd have gone with a holder
1: first, but okay, oh, we'll go the, go on we'll
0: we'll go we'll holder, go on, you're the coach. Go, the holder. We'll go for the holder, yeah.
1: Right. It's a no-brainer, it's Michael Carrick. Yeah. Um, still to this day, even though I was privileged enough to play for him for six months, I think it was. He yeah, left yeah. in January when I joined, and I roomed with him for those six months. Um, still one of the best footballers I've ever played football. He mm-hmm. did, so underrated for me. Still in this country, and such an underrated footballer. And I'll, I'll go back to it earlier simplicity is genius. He did the right things at the right time, he never lost mm-hmm. the ball. He was to play for He played for If He would keep the ball for his team he'd keep the ball for his team, um, and just a, such a gifted player. Yeah, such a brilliant football brain. Um, and obviously, then he went on to Spurs. But it was a privilege to play with him for those six months. It really was.
0: He always just seemed to have time. Do you know and what I mean? There's like myself. yeah,
1: exactly. Good play. I mean, you know, the best, the in best there... players do. The best players. Yeah. Do.
0: I mean, people yeah. in sort of the the sort of the the, the more experienced fans, I call them not, not not the old farts, but the experienced fans. They obviously had Trevor Brookin, and and he famously wasn't very quick, but always had time on the ball. And character seemed to be the same. He just and every every team he's left. So when he left West Ham, we never really replaced him. When he went to Tottenham, then and Tottenham yeah. went to Man, Man United, they never replaced him. And then <laughs> Man United never replaced him. He's you know he's yeah. always players. A yeah,
1: nutshell, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly that. Um, and obviously, he's very decorated. He's won a huge amount of trophies, but I still don't think he's appreciated as much as he should be. Absolutely footballer. Very, I think, very I, good footballer. I think he I'm has four goals and he doesn't, you know, keep. Yeah. But the way he ticks teams over, the way he um, builds play is just exceptional. really is. I
0: think also, I just think it's one of those things where. He came along at the same time, particularly at West Ham, where we had the Golden Generation, you know. And it's like, and he's always, and everyone talking about Frank and Joe and and Rio, yeah. and and then it's then it's Carrick's always like the fourth, and it's just, and it's the same as like even in the sixties, it was more Hearst and, yeah, Pete, and Peters. Yeah, true, yeah. and um, and yeah. and it's a shame because I just think if he if he came two years earlier or two years later, he would be, you know, in the. When you talk
1: about Joe Cole and, and Rio and Glenn Johnson, he should be spoke about in, in the same oh, ilk. Totally. 100%. Totally. You yeah.
0: know,
1: look at the trophies he's won. Look at, you know, what he's done in his career. It's, it's brilliant.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely um, fine. Right, okay. So, uh, Carrick is in. Who is next?
1: He's holding. yeah. The, the yeah. two in front. This was hard. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Um, but I've gone... For me, it's a no-brainer. Just off the left of him is Mark Noble. Um, was just coming through um, as I was probably a couple of years at West Ham that he was uh, in starting and and playing regularly in the first team, but we've seen him coming through, um, training because he was standout, under 18, etc. And just his character and what he's done for the football club in general Mm -hmm. and his longevity and how unique he is is in a player um, and staying at one club. For me, he has to be in there. And and again, I wouldn't say to the extent of Michael Carrick, but still an underrated footballer. I, I still hear on West Ham channels and West Ham fanzines that um, he's past it. And I look at his performances in lockdown. Everyone's got their opinions and that's fine. But yeah. my opinion is that when he contributes well, and when he contributes what he can contribute, he's still a huge asset to the football club. Yes, his time, obviously, he, he's getting older now and he's not going to be there forever. But he's still a huge part of the football club. And um, that's why I've put him in the team.
0: Yeah. And you're right. I mean, he's he, he's one of his players. I mean, I'm very fortunate. I'm one of the 500, 300 or whatever, to get to the games at the moment. And, um, mm-hmm. and watching him and I just and it's a shame I should have I'd love to have recorded him or something like that but that Chelsea game when obviously we beat Chelsea 3-2 and he wasn't playing he was in the he was, yeah. sitting, in the, he was sitting in the uh disabled area where it's already socially distance already the seats um and he kicked he was watching the game like a fan and he just thought yeah he is a fan and you know when that and as soon as that final whistle I mean he jumped over the barrier he could have really fucked up his ankle to be honest. But he did because he just wanted to get in the dressing room. And he it cares. was so yeah, and he cares. Yeah. And yeah. it means such a lot to people when, when they feel I mean, you know, I mean you've played for West Ham, you know, yeah. you know that how the fans that you know they, they respect effort and stuff like that. And um yeah. oh, no, I'm a massive fan of Nobes. Right, okay, Nobes is in. Nobes so this just, just
1: off the right of Michael Carrick so he got Nobes off the left, just off the right. Yeah. It, this was hard because Scotty Parker in the year and a half I was there was absolutely outstanding. Um, and obviously see what he'd done for the football club in, in keeping them up that season was, yeah. you know, very, very inspiring, but just the longevity and, and how I, Yossi, Yossi Benyon has to be Ooh, the one. Man, got the right for absolutely great. brilliant footballer, technically outstanding. A very good person, first. For, uh, sorry, first and foremost. Mm. Um, so, him for me would be the one. But Scotty Parker, I feel bad leaving him out because he done a lot for West Ham and, and his performances. But Yossi was—he was a special player,
0: mm. brilliant player. Well, I'm glad it was. Yes, you know, Scott, Scott could. Scott could be the manager. You know, he's done a good job. Yeah, exactly, so. yeah, exactly. So you can get him still all in eventually. He's still yeah. young. No, yeah. I think I'm really, I'm I'm really happy for him at Fulham because I just think he just seems to. He's done be... brilliantly. Yeah,
1: it's like all yeah. of us we're trying to make a name for ourselves in the game. He took yeah. a, good, he's a good big punt, Scott. to be fair to him, going straight to Fulham. Obviously, done a little bit with Spurs at the under eighteen level, and I thought his interview after the playoff final
0: yeah.
1: um, was absolutely outstanding. It's, it's pure yeah. emotion, and I think as a fan, that's what you want to hear. You want to hear what he's been through and you can tell what he's been through in, in that past year in the season obviously lockdown and then going back into it afterwards um, and good luck to him. Good luck to him.
0: Yeah, because I think too often, I mean, you obviously you do a lot of media work and stuff obviously as well but too often, you know, I think when, when managers do the whole after after game, you know, it's all very sterile and yeah and it's, it's so always the, and, but it was just in, we don't, you very rarely get emotion like that. I think that's why everyone enjoyed it and that's why he became, you know, you know, exactly. people, people put it to the streets, didn't they? The, the, they did a yeah. meme of it. And that's brilliant. And it was just right. And yeah. I just think it was, I'm just really it's happy. What just, it's yeah. what he
1: felt at that time. And I think that's the way you've got to be. I yeah. think you've got obviously within reason um, and say it, say the right things like with the right language when you when you're on air. But you, yeah. you've, got, you've got to say what you feel at that time. And I think that gets you a long way.
0: Yeah, particularly you said, whatever the world's happening at the moment it's, you know, he, he's had to live that and he's had to carry on doing that and now he go yeah. back and, you know, fair play. And it affects
1: his family, you know, people to see Scott Parker for the manager. Yeah. But he's also he's got to think about Scott Parker, the man, Scott Parker, the father, Scott yeah. Parker, the husband and and everything else. So, I thought it was, br- I thought it was a brilliant interview. Yeah.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Yoshi's in, God bless him. Big fan. Yes. Right. Okay, front three.
1: So, the three up front, um yeah. it's not a bad front three to be fair. Although, I probably wouldn't pick them in in the actual positions, but I've gone for Defoe, Ashton, and Tevez.
0: Oh, all right. Let's so, talk about let's talk about Defoe first, then.
1: Well, Defoe again um, was no. Sorry, I was talking about Mark Carrick earlier. Yeah, Carrick didn't leave in, in January, did really. he? Defoe left in January, and Carrick yeah, left Car- the following.
0: January. Carrick left after the after yeah. the Palace game. It did,
1: you're right. Yeah,
0: Sorry. but doesn't
1: matter. So, yeah, Defoe left in January, but yeah. again, talking about Michael Carrick, similar thing to Jermaine Defoe, um, I've still not met a better finisher. Really? Uh, when I was a player. it just yeah. ridiculous. Off both feet, the sharpness of it, um, just his drawback of his of his right or left foot. It was instant. Um, a, just an unbelievable finisher, and so sharp in and mm-hmm. around the box. This movement over one, two, three, four yards, um, explosiveness was just exceptional, and yeah, you could tell we've seen in the championship at the time. He was he was too good for us at that time, but and he's gone on to prove that. To be fair to him, and a good lad. To be fair, he was he was a very very good lad. He just wanted to better himself, and and you can't grumble with that. No. But a very very good player in training, he was exceptional. Really mm-hmm. good.
0: Yeah, and I mean when you're when you're obviously a more of a- an experienced player player and 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 obviously you know it was when you had yeah obviously you had a lot of young players come through you know when you're watching in training can you go yeah he's a, he's gonna be good or he's you know can you do you get a feeling of whether a player's gonna gonna make it you know you obviously obviously played like a lot of the youth team players training with you as yeah. well. yeah uh it's hard you, you always get a sense
1: of players that are gonna do they, they can surprise you as well yeah. it's all down to application in the, the day and I think you go through all these players here, especially the best ones. When I look mm. at Michael Carrick, I look at Mark Noble, I look at Defoe, um, their application every single day was spot on. Sure. And First and foremost, that's the thing you've got to have. It's the desire to get better every single day, no matter what walk of life you're in. Mm. Um, and that's the thing they had, uh, especially Defoe. Defoe was just relentless in everything he did. His finishing, he'd stay out longer. And he's do it on his own into an empty goal and put mini goals in the, in, like inside the posts and just make sure he's hitting those mini goals. He was just a, a relentless finisher that's going to be the best he could be.
0: Yeah. Oh, All yeah. right. Defoe's in. Um, Ashton. Yeah. Then let's talk about let's talk about Dino.
1: Yeah, Dino. Obviously, curtailed his you know his, his career was curtailed very early, which was more for him early, which was yeah. a shame. But in those how long was it 18 months two years Would have been and even his time years. at Norwich and crew what he produced especially at West Ham especially when he first joined he was a complete centre forward let's be honest he, yeah,
0: he, was.
1: He, he he could hold the ball up he could link play he could score any type of goal across going into the box and he could run in behind as well and he had to turn of pace mm. um it's not many like that anymore and not many like that at that time either um And that ankle injury really, really hampered him and and eventually, obviously, um, he had to retire. But there's not many you can say that about. Obviously, most strikers have got their, you know, Defoe or Teddy or whoever, have got their strengths that they play to. But for me, Dino, he could do most things, not everything. He was a complete centre-forward.
0: Yeah, he was. And I mean, you know, obviously, you know, in that sort of you know, FA Cup final, you know he's, he scored, and and yeah. uh, and obviously the semi final. the end as well,
1: before that yeah. FA Cup final, the semi final well. yeah. Yeah. yeah, In the semi final, yeah, exactly. Marvin got the goal, but Dino was instrumental. Yeah, um, just a brilliant footballer.
0: Yeah, he was. He was. And You're right. He was. He was the, the complete forward. He was. You know, I was. I remember when he signed for from Norwich, and I think it was about seven million something like that, which was a sort of fair whack. Um, I was just so excited, and I remember him coming on to the pitch. It was like an it was like an evening game. He came on, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I, I thought that was it. I thought it was him. It was going to be it, you know, because he yeah. was like the final piece. We'd always not had a striker since you know Cotty and McAvaney and or Hartson, really. But it was like I thought he was going to be it, but yeah, yeah. unfortunately, injuries. Um, right, and then our last our last piece, uh, position, Carlitos Tevez. To, that,
1: exactly. um, do you know what? I, I didn't even met, uh, mention Mascarano in that midfield either. Even though he didn't game to West Ham, he no. was an absolute joke in training. How was he, he going to West Ham, I do, I do not know. But that's, <laughs> that's be a story for another day. Um, Carlos, for those last three or four months when we stayed up and obviously that ultimate game, um, at Old Trafford, where he scored the winner, was... An exceptional talent, Mm. and other people saw about him since then. He went to Man City, Man United, etc., where he was a brilliant trainer, exceptional trainer, etc. When he first went to West Ham, he wasn't. This is what I saw. Um, He struggled to adapt, and I think that's why it took him a little bit of time to get to where he got to eventually. Um, But pure ability-wise, like Mascherano, he was exceptional. And he'd do little things in training. He wouldn't do it often enough, and he'd train poorly, but he still do it. And um, those three months where we ended up staying up, he, you know, alongside others like Bobby Zamora, etc., and other players, yeah, of he course, was exceptional. He was.
0: I mean, what I mean, you know, we we touched on it very, very touched on it very, very briefly. What was it like as a player turning up at Cheddar Reef? and you've got these two Argentinian internationals in your team. What, what? Strange, yeah,
1: very strange. i remember seeing on Sky Sports News, and I, I can see parts with them outside the, the tunnel at the bowling, you know, yeah. shirts and all that, and we're thinking, what's going on? Yeah, obviously they were still well-known, and um, Argentinian internationals, and it, it was a strange feeling, but you've got to embrace it as a player, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Carlos Mascarano embraced it straight away. Wanted to learn the language. Carlos was a little bit more timid and um, wasn't too sure. I hadn't had an interpreter with him all the way and um, in training, uh, in the changing rooms, at the canteen, and match days, etc. Um, but he did what he did, and that's why you know West Ham will always think of him. You know, really, really um, funly.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. No, and he is, He's yeah, he just said, and I'm surprised you didn't put yourself in, Matty, I'll be honest. Oh,
1: no, of course not. How could I put myself in with those well, players? I'm not being
0: funny. Yeah, but I'm not being funny. 200, you know, you had 195. You could have got your appearances up to 196. You know, you could have, you could <laughs> no, have got I've them never, in. Uh... I'd never do that. Man. <laughs> no, Matty, man, it's been absolutely lovely. I really, really appreciate your time. And obviously, you know, spending you know, spending an hour or so with us chatting about West Ham. It's absolutely brilliant, man. So thank it's you been very, a pleasure, very mate. much.
1: It's absolutely a pleasure, no problem.
0: Thank you, thank you so much, um, Matty. It's been a pleasure. Um, I'll, I'll let you go. I'll let you go. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Take care, and um, we'll, we'll see you again very, very soon. See you, see you at Take London care. stadium. Your Take best. care. Cheers, mate. Matty. Bye bye.
1: Sports social podcast network. With lucky land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.